Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Hello and welcome to the Trail Manners podcast, episode number one. Today, we're talking with Mr. Scott Jaime. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. This is Eric Manning in Studio 78 with Joel Hatch and myself is Mr. Scott Jaime. Scott, how you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Eric Manners and Joel Hatch. Nice to have you. So, Scott, what, what brings you to town? Well, it's always uh, good to come home. This has been my home for many, many years. Um, I currently live in Denver, Colorado, but uh, I'm here for this specific trip for uh, Fantasy Football Draft. Fantasy football. Yep. I am a serious, serious fantasy football player. I am really good. I'm not going to comment on that <laughs> during my league. but uh, So why don't you give everybody, who is the sleeper pick this year? Oh, I know you've been studying. I can't give you that because you're going to take him because you're going to be the number one pick, and I'm going to be the number six pick, as it is always your. So that's a good point. The reason why I came to town is because this is the 10th year of our fantasy football bragging rights, and I have always done it remote every single year. And I kid you not, every year I have the fifth pick, the sixth pick. Guess who gets number one more times than not? Manners, manners, trail manners, yeah. right and here. I hate number one pick. Well, I would rather have ten. Okay, I'll I'll take ten, but give me don't give me the middle. I came to to make sure that this was not rigged. <laughs> I have yet to win in ten years. This is the Jaime's year. All right. Well, I hope not for my sake, but I'm glad you're in town. And being in town, uh, you know, like we like to do in the mountains, we are at the starting line for the Wasatch 100 race, which is this weekend, which is coming up. And I'll tell you, coming up that hill in the car, I think all three of us in here, we all had little mixed emotions, even though it's just a beautiful day in Utah. But when you come up that road, something hits you, right? Oh, absolutely. My sphincter was pulsating, and my the butterflies were going. And, I mean, there's for good reason. I'm glad you guys could meet me here because this was my first ultra, my first 100-mile race in 2003. And to be quite honest, this is the actual race that got me into ultra running. Well, funny you should say that because it's the race, my first 100-miler, and the race that got me into ultra running because I came to watch you, and then the next year you suckered me into pacing you. That's how it happens. I mean, you just find out what great people are in this sport. That's um, true. And it's not, it's, it's, it's running the trails in general. You know, we all have a love of being in the outdoors, and I think that's what brings us all together is that love. No matter how far you go, it could be five miles, it could be 100 miles. 
Um, but you know what? I, my first experience was in 2001, pacing Eric Johnson, who's a PA here at the Ogden Clinic, and he's like, "Just come out and pace me for about 20 miles in the middle of the night." And I'm like, "My goodness, what am I getting <laughs> myself into?" And I I started at Lambs Canyon. I went to Brighton. And, you know, for me, I thought my pacing duties was to kick him in the butt and make him pass people. But I soon found out, you know, I was pulling him up the hill and he's like, Scott, slow down. This is not what it's about. You are here for my safety, you know, and, and people were talking and giving high fives. And uh, I was hooked from then on. That's pretty much what happens to most people. I think everybody has a similar story on when they get hooked and I got hooked without ever running. I came to to watch you and I was at Big Mountain watching that amazing aid station because it's always full of energy and no one's like in the morgue yet because it's still early. But I looked around and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. I don't know about the running part, but I could really get into watching this stuff. You know what I think it's really cool is that when you get into that aid station, what is it, mile 38? Yeah, 38 or 39. You know, you like as, a, as a runner, you're coming in, you start to see the flamingos and then you hear the people cheering for the runners that are in front of you and whatnot but as i've been there as a spectator in fact i picked you up there one year and we and went to the finish you did you won the that was the first year of the wasatch 100k in my <laughs> book and you won that race but you know even as a spectator there what you see is wow these guys just went 38 miles in say 10 hours 12 hours whatever the time is and you just kind of look at them like wow they've they've been a long ways and they've got a long longer way to go and I think that's what's intriguing to the people who watch it, and that's what sucks you in, and you see the people that you're around. Yeah, and it's just the the people you see. I was just shocked my first year. I mean, I saw younger guys that looked fit. I saw older guys that didn't, and I saw really old guys that looked fit and didn't. I mean, it was just such a neat mix of people that were out there, and I think that's what was some of the allure to me was, you know, really, it's 100 miles, but it, anybody could do this potentially if they put their head in the game did the right training, got into it. I mean, anybody can do this. And I know that's hard to understand at a hundred mile distance. And I'm, it took me a while to wrap my head around it, but you really can. No, you, you can. And it's really mind over matter. It's what are you capable of? It's pushing the envelope. How far can you really go? And my thought was always, well, if somebody else has done it, then I want to see if I can do it. And if I can do it, how well can I do it? So, you know, if you put it in that mindset, you don't even have to be a runner to start any of these races. If you have a sense of adventure, why not? Heck, I'm, I'm still not a runner, and it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a jogger? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a power hiker <laughs> with, a, with a vest full of snacks. So, you know, and again, kind of off the, off the topic, but it's just kind of interesting, is how a small world this really is, is Scott and myself played soccer for many years together. And we played on a team called Bad Manners, and we would go up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And little <laughs> did we know, we played against Joel Hatch. He was on the Jackson Hole team. You Are did. you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. He played um, for the, when we we ran one day, and we started talking. He's like, "Oh, I used to play for the Jackson team." And we started talking. It's like, "Oh my gosh!" Do you remember us? <laughs> I remember the Bad Manners team coming up. Well, do you remember the Fast Eddie team? Is the most important question. <laughs> no, the Bad Manners team. That was the one that always came up and drank all of our good beer. That sounds right. Well, Fast Eddie never discriminated with beer. It was either good or bad. It was all drank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. Those were fun. You know, at the end of the first day, we'd all line up and uh, drop your drawers, and you'd kick people with the soccer ball as you were drinking of, out of the keg. A little game of butts up and, yeah. you know, a couple solo cups in each hand. 
I remember the Jackson Hole team. I remember the Sun Valley team. And those were the teams that went to the Sun Valley tournament, the, the Jackson Hole tournament. And mm-hmm. we, Bad Manners, Fast Eddie, Weber State, no matter how we went up, that's the tournament we always look forward to is going up there. And yeah. it was always those three teams that yep. were vying for the, the, the best teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those three teams. So that was, I had to bring that up because we're all three in a bus and I didn't think you knew that. And I did when I found out that, about that's Joel. That's actually pretty cool. That is Isn't pretty that hilarious. Funny. Yeah. yeah. So, Scott, you have been on the silver screen. You have been in a smaller film down in uh, South Africa. When you look back now, I mean the you know the movies have come and they've they've gone a little bit, and I know they're still out there. I still watch mine because it's it's pretty cool. What has that changed anything in your eyes? Has it changed anything with your family? Um, it probably changed my perspective, um, and and. When I when I look back at the Colorado Trail, running the edge, the making of it, and then watching it back with Matt, um, what it made me realize is um, how important my family is to what I do. You know, I, I think in general, um, ultra running or running can be a solitary and sometimes a very selfish sport. And what it taught me is that no matter what I do and whatever distance I go, I have to have my family support there with me. They have to be um, in the same frame of mind that I am, they're supporting me. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Being a family man, it, it will not work very quickly if you don't have that support. And so it put things in perspective at what the most important things in my life are, and it definitely is my family. Yeah, running in the mountains is a passion of mine, but the family is what fuels it. Now, for those out there that don't know the story, can you give a brief little synopsis of days time miles those things yeah so i i did the colorado trail in fact i did it twice so the first time i did it um the colorado trail starts in denver and ends in durango and it's about 500 miles long and about 80,000 feet of climbing and the first time i did it i actually did it as a challenge to s- finish on my 40th birthday averaging 40 miles a day so the first time i did it was 11 days 11 days, 12 hours, and 46 minutes. Um, and it was the hardest thing I'd done at that time. Uh, I ended up with Jardia, Lamblia, and, th- and that is a good weight loss program <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but you kn- I, I got done. I had shin splints. I almost had compartment syndrome. Um, I was sick, and I was not running or doing anything for about three months. And you know what? Something got into me um, maybe about six months later that I wanted to plan another trip because somebody out there, did it in eight days and 12 hours. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if I can do that. I know the trail. So four years after that, um, I went back and, and did the trail for the second time in eight days, seven hours, and 46 minutes, something like something like that, yeah, S- to set the record uh, for the Colorado Trail. Um, and that's what the movie Running the Edge was about. Now, to your knowledge, has anybody set out to break that yet? There has been... Um, no. You know what? I I was just going to say there was one or two people that went out, but they actually went out right before I did. Eric Grossman was one of those, ended up getting lost. Um, but since then, I don't think anybody's tried to break the record. Nice. Still a record holder. Still an FKT holder. Nice. Yeah. You are listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. This episode was made possible by MetalMinder. Go over to MetalMinder.com and check out a full line of products. A MetalMinder display is a great way to brag about all your cool accomplishments and inspire others. Or intimidate the crap out of them, whatever. Metal Minder, it's okay to brag. 
We are again with Scott Jaime at the beginning of the Wasatch 100. Again, Scott, thanks for coming and joining us today. Um, so we did touch a little bit about uh, how important family is to you. Um, and one of the things that we want to elaborate on is maybe a little bit of your past and where you're going with your future plans with running. Um, you're really well-versed in trail running, meaning that you've done Hard Rock, you've done Wasatch, The Bear. Done The Bear. Done The Bear, nice. And you've done UTMB? UTMB. Nice. And another one over there, that longer one. Yeah, I started the Tour de Jant last year. And what happened there? It's a good question. Um, about, uh, I don't know, about 20 miles in, I started getting a pain in my Achilles and I've been dealing with Achilles tendonitis for quite some time and ended up forming a little bump on my Achilles and um, forced me to stop at 50K, unfortunately, uh, in Italy. That's all right. <laughs> there could be worse places yeah. to stop, <laughs> in my opinion. I've been to a few of those. <laughs> sure thing. So this year you've done Hard Rock? Yep, I attempted Hard Rock. Any other races you've done this year? Me Walk in May. Well, how'd that go? It was a rough go. Um, to, be, to be quite honest, the whole year has been rough. Uh, 2015 was not in Fast Eddie's favor. Um, I uh, ended up getting sick going into Miwok this year, and I don't—I really don't know what kind of bug it was, but I'll tell you, it, I almost didn't go. If I didn't have a plane ticket, I never would have raced. So I was ready to go. I was ready to race. You know, I never would have won the race, but I was just looking to get in the nine-and-a-half-hour range and ended up with a little over 11 hours. Right, right. That happens to the best of us. So 2015 has kind of not been as planned. So what are you looking forward to in 2016? Are there any goals out there you still want to achieve? Any must-do races for you? Yeah, well, obviously um, I was going to go back to TDG again this year, but um, <laughs> I... Um, I had to bow out of Hard Rock this year. I was I was coughing incessantly. I couldn't breathe, and so that kind of led from one thing to the to another, and I couldn't train properly. So, first thing on my list, and and an A race for me is to to do Tour de Jant. Um, it is an unbelievable 200 mile race in the wow. Italian Alps. So um, maybe we can get you and a tie on the same ticket then. That'd be I nice. would I would love to go spend some uh, time on the trail with Ty Draney. <laughs> That'd be I nice. Would. Um, so that's uh, that's on on my list, um, and then uh, Hard Rock number nine is on the list because I didn't finish this year. But my goal for Hard Rock is is to finish ten, and then um, give back to the race and maybe run an aid station. Just go back and be part of that amazing community. Right, that sounds great. Any adventure runs that you're looking forward to? Maybe. Um, you know, I um the John Muir Trail is uh, oh. on my bucket list. Is it? Yeah, and and you know, I kind of had an outside chance of going there this year. Um, Nolan's fourteen fourteeners is oh, on my list. No, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I don't know. I think it's my kind of challenge, and so you know, if you want to consider that uh, more of an adventure and less of a race, that's something that I certainly want to do. Sounds fantastic. So what, what kind of keeps you going and motivates you? I mean, you've had a tough 2015, but, I mean, your race resume, your running, you know, with FKTs and, and the adventure runs speak for themselves. So what's motivating you now and what's keeping you moving into the game through a rough patch saying, you know what, rough patch, they happen, here we go. What, what keeps that? Um, time. Time is against us and time is motivating me. I'm not getting any younger, and I always want to, um, know what I'm capable of. 
um, I'm always chasing my ghost, and that helps me keep uh, young. I just I just want to know what my genetic potential is, and and I just don't think that I've reached it. And as long as I think that I can improve, that's what motivates me. But in hindsight, you know, I see my two boys, Jackson, who's 16 now and driving and has a job at Target. Nice. Um, <laughs> and Miles, who is seven and, and loves soccer so much, like I did as a young boy. Um, I, I see them traveling around with me to these races, and they love being in the mountains just as much as I do. And I think that to a certain degree, um, it inspires them for what I do and inspires me to see them at the end of the race. So that keeps me going. That's that's a huge motivation. I think all of us have kids in here, and it's just always fun when you can show them the community, get them part of the outdoors, because so many things these days you hear about with all the social media and all the electronics and everything else, you just see kids less and less outside. And so I think for me as, I'm, as growing up, and I know all of us, you know, seeing them in the outdoors is a huge motivation. You know, and that's an interesting point. Every year we go to uh, Silverton to run Hard Rock, and I spend a lot of time there with the family two to three weeks, and it's been our family time. My in-laws come, Rick and Regine, my parents, Alverna and Julian come. They We're all there, and it's one big family affair. You know, it's interesting. My son, Jackson, who's 16, this is the first year that he didn't want to come. But as soon as you crest over the Million Dollar Highway and Red Mountain Pass and you start descending into Silverton, they all of a sudden gets chatty, and then he starts talking about the things that he wants to do. And it takes him about two days to readjust to get rid of all of that media stuff and then go back behind the house and, and start looking for gold in the rocks. And you know what? That's the essence of being a kid. It really is. We were talking about, we've talked about that, you know, throwing rocks and, you know, skipping rocks and rolling boulders down mountains. I mean, that's how we grew up as kids, and you, just, you don't see that. I mean, I still run on a trail, and I'll chuck a rock down the side of a mountain and just giggle, you know, and I'm not a spring <laughs> chicken anymore either. So, um, you know, now that's a good point. Kind of segueing in is, you know, you, you hear about what you've been talking about, about taking your family places, showing your kids, getting them into the mountains. And, you know, I know you're a professional. Um, you know, your job, you travel a lot. Um, you do a lot of things there. The balance you know, the balance I know is not easy. I mean, it's you hear about it with people all the time, and sometimes it either tears at them as a family or they don't run like they, you know, want to or, or you know, how they would prefer to do it. How do you do the balance with all the travel, all the miles logged? How do you do that? The balance has been the toughest part, and it's been a learning process for me and my wife, and that's probably where it starts because I can tell you there have been Saturdays and Sundays where I'll go out for a six-hour run. I'll sleep in a little bit, and I'll come back late, uh, maybe one or two o'clock and the day is wasted in my wife's eyes where, you know, I, I'm, I'm completely wasted and then I ha I'm sitting on the couch and I don't want to do anything. So I've gone to the other side where I haven't gone for a run and we've gone to do things at a as a family and I'll tell you, I'm crabby and all I can think about is going for a run. So we came to um, a decision where, you know what, if, if I was going to be that way, then I had to stop doing that. So the conclusion was is that I had to get up earlier, and if I didn't get up earlier, then the agreement was that I wouldn't go for a run, and I couldn't be a jerk about it. <laughs> and that's just being honest. So the balance came in is like, you know what, Scott, you got to get your butt out of bed at 3:30 in the morning if you want that six or seven hour run. So that's the balance there. When I'm on the on the road, when I'm traveling to Oregon, Wyoming, Montana, wherever it may be, I find trails to run, and that's the first thing I do when I get to a place is I find a trail to run. It's the hardest thing to do is to travel and to run. But I found solace in that, and I'm and I'm finding so many open places to run. It's just been amazing. You know, and a couple of things I've taken from you through the running, as you said a little bit earlier, is you want to test yourself. You want to see what you're made of. You want to see genetically what you can do. And the other thing we've had discussions about is how simple this is. 
you know, how, how simple it is and how we make running or we make racing or we make our hobby um, challenging or difficult where it doesn't need to be. Um, how do you simplify running in your eyes? You know, um, I, I took a trip to South Africa last year and it really opened my eyes to make me realize that my normal in my life here in America is not necessarily normal to everybody else. And what it showed me is that the simple things in life, it get getting water, getting clean water, or having food on the table, those are the necessities in life, and that's how simple it could be. But it made me realize that all these years I've been running, running is as simple as life should be. Meaning that you just, y you, it's you and your element. You put your shoes on, you put your clothes on, and that's how simple running should be. It doesn't matter if you go out and you don't get your best time or you don't get um, Strava. the Strava record <laughs> segment. You know what? You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, but the bad days are what make your character as a runner in general. You know, when you say that, some of my best runs have been without my watch, whether it's mileage, pace, time, anything, and that was something I've learned I, you know, from somebody that says, you know, run without your watch. And I thought, why would I do that? I won't know how far I've gone. I won't know how fast I'm going. And I did that a few, the first time was uncomfortable. I did it after that, and I felt a whole new sense of freedom. And then you kind of get to the feel of where you, what trail you're on. You're like, oh, you know, that's that's a 10-mile run, you know. I don't get back to my car. Okay, I was out, out for, you know, two hours or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that's something that more and more people need to do is, you know, with all the technology that's coming out on your phones and your watches and everything else, challenge them to get out and just explore yeah and you know what it's not just about running it's just putting on your stuff and getting out the door whether you have running shoes on or not but it's it's getting out and just unplugging and i'm and i'm a total agreement with you that i have some of my best runs are when i'm not plugged into anything i don't even know how far i've gone sometimes and it's a feeling that you get when you get done it's a feeling of accomplishment and you're, you have clear thoughts. And I don't know how else to explain that, but it's just getting out the door. And whether you're out there for 30 minutes or 30 hours, it doesn't matter. It's just getting out. So um, with, with what you're saying and the simplicity and the, uh, the balance of family and thing, you are actually going to come on to Trail Manners on our website at trailmanners.com, and you're going to help us out, and you're going to give us an article every, every month, aren't you? Yes, I am, and <laughs> I'm excited to do so because, you know, it's uh, living a simple life. I think so many people can do, and like you said before, we try to complicate things, and I'm more than happy to do that. And we're more than happy to let you, so thank you. <laughs> we're pumped. Hi, this is Scott Jaime, and you're listening to the Trail Manners Podcast, bringing you the dirt and the vert. Welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. In Studio 78 again, we've got Scott Jaime and Joel Hatch. So what we like to do on our show, um, we like to do a little lightning rounds and some quick Q&A that you're not prepared for. Um, so I'm going to answer, ask you questions and you just answer them quickly, honestly, and the best you can. How's that sound? Oh, that's kind of scary, but I'm up for it. All right. First one. Where does Fast Eddie come from? That's not a one-liner, but it comes from uh, playing soccer at Weber State. We had five guys by the name of Scott. My first name is Edward, and I was really fast. So it became Fast Eddie. And so that morphed into your Twitter handle, which is? MexiFast. <laughs> I am Mexican. <laughs> and uh, I think Fast Eddie was taken. So what would you prefer, Pinto or black beans? Pinto. Pinto. Um, what is your typical pre-race meal the morning before a race? Uh, coffee and a banana. 
Favorite race distance? 50 miles. Favorite race buckle? <laughs> uh, Wasatch. Nice. We're here. We're I here. mean, I, yeah. Uh, how about uh, Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Twitter, okay. Um, Two-ply or baby wipes? Baby wipes baby these wi- days. <laughs> <laughs> how about what is your personal favorite race performance and why? My favorite wa- race performance is uh, Hard Rock. The year I was leading um, through Uray, um, I ended up bonking, throwing up a little bit, was going to be done at Grouse Gulch. And my 11-year-old son at the time, Jackson, came up to me and told me that I couldn't quit because um, so many people had tried to get into this race and they couldn't, so I needed to give it everything I had. You know, when you, just uh, on that, we're going to break the lightning round, but when you said, when you put that blog post, I remember reading it, I was at I work. I too. I was at work and I read, was reading it, and someone actually walked into my office and asked me if I was okay while I was crying. It's, it's an <laughs> unbelievable moment that will define my ultra running career for me. Nice. Top three beers. Um, Ninkasi Total Domination, um, Green Flash West Coast IPA, and, um, uh, Stone IPA. Okay, nice. Okay. Um, if you could pick one person throughout history, currently, past, whatever, and you could take them on a trail run to pick their brain or just talk with them, who would that be? Abraham Lincoln. Whoa, nice. That's Didn't hesitate. One. Didn't hesitate one We bit. had this discussion on the Colorado Trail. Did you? Three people that you could bring to dinner and why. Oh. So who were the other two then? Um, Fidel Castro and Lance Armstrong. Oh, nice. wow. That's Nice good. mix. What would your advice be to somebody who wants to run on trails but just hasn't quite done that baby steps just go out to the trailhead take a walk down the trail see what it feels like and increase your time and distance on the trail but take your time what is your favorite part of running the solitude what song needs to be on everybody's running playlist Godsmack. anything from sully erna which direction of yeah. hard rock is the best? Counterclockwise. Hesitate. I like that. You've done them both. Well, because I like them both. And what was the first ultra race you had ever ran? Squaw Peak 50. Nice. So I think that's all the questions we have for you. You did it remarkably well in our lightning round. Uh, quick. Well, pointed. Yeah, it, well, they're they're honest, truthful, and genuine. And I just wanted to make a point with uh, Godsmack and Sully Erna. That's my angry music. So when I tell people I lo- love Godsmack, they're, they look at me like, well, you're so calm and, and cerebral. And I'm like, but there is a side of me that is out there pumping my fist when I'm in complete solitude in the great outdoors. And that's why I like Sully Erna. Nice. Well, there you have it. Um, We'd like to thank Fast Eddie, MexiFast, Scott Jaime for joining us today in the 78 bus, Studio 78. Um, we appreciate you listening to the Trail Manners podcast. And, Scott, I can't 
tell you how much I appreciate you having here, having you here, and taking the time out of your quick trip for fantasy football. Wishing you the best of luck on second place, and whatever <laughs> your sleeper pick is, I really hope you don't get him. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Mr. Scott Jaime for joining us in Studio 78 today. You can see more of Scott on Instagram and Twitter at MexiFast. That's M-E-X-I-F-A-S-T. You can also follow us here on Trail Manners on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or swing by the website at www.trailmanners.com. You can swing by the store page for some gear. You can hit us up on the contact page and let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you want to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning and Joel Hatch, and we'd like to remind you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.